I'll say this for him, he's consistent. He's been so consistent all year. Not the taste, consistency. Consistently, yes. Consistency! Thanks, losers. And we're back here at the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. I'm your host, Bob Lung, Big Guy Fantasy Sports. And we finished week three. We're heading into week four. And folks, I'm telling you, <laughs> everybody said, oh, we don't need a preseason. Preseason's, a, you, know, dap, you know, we don't need that. Who needs training? Who needs to get ready? These guys are professional athletes. There won't be that many injuries. Well, guess what? They're wrong. <laughs> And so this week as a special uh, session for us, Ron Rigney is uh, on travel. And, uh, you know, I, I guess we, I, I want to say this, um, you know, I, I know Ron's, Ron's a pretty personal guy, but uh, his dad's not doing well. He's got cancer. Uh, he's actually traveling to Indianapolis to see his dad, um, you know, say a lot of prayers out there for us, folks, for his dad, uh, for Ron's dad. Um, the diagnosis isn't good. The time left is not plentiful. Um, but, uh, we wish him the best and, and send out our prayers to Ron, his family, and his dad out there. But, uh, so, uh, luckily our, uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Brandon Bowers from fantasydoctors.com, uh, and the orange and brown report, uh, just happened to reach out today and ask if, uh, if I had time for him on his podcast or this podcast, and I said, by the way, I do. Actually, I have time for Brandon, Dr. Brandon every week because he's so knowledgeable. He's a doctor in real life. This is not just like, it's not like Dr. Roto. Uh, no, and I know he's a kind of a doctor too, but uh, this guy is an actual orthopedic guy. Uh, he knows everything that's going on. He knows what these injuries means. He knows what the time frames are. Uh, so, Dr. Bowers, thank you for coming on the show. Welcome. Uh, it's good to have you on, man. It's good to have you on again. I know we talked this summer. Yeah, Bob, I always appreciate uh, the invitation to come on the show. I know we talked back. I was looking back at uh, our our Twitter DM history, and it was back in May, and it's hard mm-hmm. to believe that it was that long ago, but uh, I figured I'd see if you need anything, and sure enough, you did, and here we sit tonight. Well, like I said, uh, you have an open invitation every week, especially when injuries are plenty, and, you know, I know back in May – COVID was a significant thing. We were a couple months in, but we all went, no big deal. This will be easy. It'll all be over by then. Everybody will be fine. And, well, it didn't work out that way. But we are playing football. We do have a little COVID issue this week with some players. So see if that all gets cleared up. But what I wanted to do is, one, of course, get you on here. Let's talk about some of these injuries. We usually go by the position. Talk about the consistency of the players, which is what the consistency show is all about. But obviously, in that positional discussion, we want to talk about the injuries that have happened to the guys in these positions. And like I said, there are plenty, and they're also plentiful in the amount of talent that's been going down. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't remember who it is in my Kings Classic League. I want to say it's Dave Richard from CBS which is kind of ironic. Uh, <laughs> but in our auction league, he got ballsy. And, and, and you, you don't see this happen too often, especially with the big boys. But in the auction league, out of a $200 budget, he spent $120 and bought Barkley and McCaffrey. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so needless to say, the rest of his team was already 
not that great. Not a lot of depth. Um, if it was, it wasn't a lot of great depth. Uh, but he wanted to give it a shot, and he's like, you know what? This is ballsy, but if some of the guys I can pick come come through, great. Well, needless to say, he's zero and three and not heading in the right direction. But that's a chance you take. You know, this is we we play the game for fun. It's probably a little bit more than that for some of us. Some of it's some of it's a little bit more intense, a little bit more in depth. But it is what it is. But man, it's been ugly. Um, you know, I guess before we get started in the positionals, you know, Doc, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're seeing? Is is this is this really? You know, uh, tell me. I, I'm going. I'm talking too fast, and I'm not thinking. Tell me if you think that the lack of preseason games really has made a difference. Because I look at it and go, you know what? Most of these starters, most of these stars especially, rarely play in preseason at all. I mean, they may play a quarter or two, maybe even a half in week three. But they usually don't play that much. What is different here um, this preseason? Is it truly the lack of games or is it something else that is making these guys have much more injuries than we've seen from especially superstar players than we have in the past. Is there, is, is there, is there something or is it just, well, it is what it is. Yeah. You bring up a lot of good points there, Bob, obviously without the preseason, that's really the number one thing people look to, to say, well, these guys haven't trained in the normal capacity that they normally do to ramp up to regular season gameplay. And so maybe that's why we're seeing this increase in level of injuries. And I think that's true to a point. Uh, but not necessarily the, the case in all situations here. Um, I saw there's, a, there's another uh, doctor of physical therapy on Twitter that I saw uh, put out some information. I believe it was after week two when we saw all the big players go down uh, with all those injuries that didn't seem to end. And I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but the exact number of injuries that have occurred in the NFL through week two or th- week three of this year were actually pretty comparable to that of last year. And so what I think we're seeing here is just a higher volume of these injuries occurring to key star players. So it's, now, the, it's the names of the players. It's not the quantity of the quality of the players, not the quantity of players. Sure, I think that's year. more. I, yeah. I think that's more of what it is now. Okay. Obviously, they had less build-up time, so there there could be a small portion of this that is related to the the shorter amount of ramp-up time, not playing in the preseason games. But again, to your point, and I hadn't heard anybody make this point before, and it's a good one. But a lot of these superstar guys aren't playing much in the preseason anyway. Right. So other yeah. than just a longer period of time in training camp and then the four weeks of preseason and a longer lead up to the season, it's not a whole lot different for them. I mean, right. they all have access to high level training even during COVID. And so I think the lack of training and lack of preseason, pl- preseason plays a small role, but I don't think it tells the whole story. Well, and I was wondering if that could be it too. Were the training sessions the practices scaled back so that their these guys uh, immune systems didn't weaken as much as they would if they had an intense training uh, or intense practices in in august do you think they scaled those back a little because of the covid scenario or do you think that they went as you know full bore as they normally would have 
Yeah, I mean, all the all the teams in the NFL definitely have some pretty well mapped out COVID testing protocols right, in place sure. to make sure that they're minimizing the risk for an outbreak of the virus within the teams. Uh, but just looking at the Browns, for example, I saw something the other day or heard something the other day that over the course of their training camp, they only had two full padded practices throughout mm, the yeah, entirety see, of that's that what training I'm thinking. camp. That's what I was thinking is maybe... They just didn't push themselves as hard as they normally would in a normal season, regardless of the game standpoint, just in the intensity of the train or the practices. And it sounds like what you said, uh, only two full full pad practices during the entire month of August. That that doesn't sound like it was too intense to me. So. Well, there's there, there's an element of unknown, and this is right. something that we haven't been through before. And so I, I think the move here for a lot of teams in, in the world of sports and just us in the world of just what we do for a living is kind of err on the side of caution mm-hmm. and see and see how things go. And if things go well, then maybe be a little less cautious because you'd hate to— be a, be on the more aggressive side and have this come back and burn you. So I think this is what we've seen the teams do is err on the side of caution in terms of the amount of contact they're having in practices and exposure and are progressing from there. All right. All right. All right. Well, then let's jump into the quarterback position. Um, let's talk consistency first, and then we'll talk about the injury scenarios going on at the quarterback position. Uh, through week three, we actually only have three perfectly consistent quarterbacks so far this season and that's a drop off pretty quick when you realize that you know it doesn't usually quarterbacks a little bit more consistent uh, at the beginning but Russell Wilson, Josh Allen and Kyler Murray um they were number 1, 2 and 4 in total points as well uh at number 3 in total points is Dak Prescott who actually had the big game last week of course um uh, but you know he missed he uh did not have a clutch game in week one. So, you know, overall, most of the fairly big names are up there doing well. Um, you know, at least they're at 67%, so they're two out of three. So that's not bad. Uh, you know, the the Jared Goffs, the Matt Ryans, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newtons, uh, those kind of folks. Probably the most disappointing one is Drew Brees, who's only one of three through the first three games. So, um, you know, overall... I think there'll there'll be a lot will change, you know, as as the upcoming weeks uh, come into play. Uh, you know, it, I think Russell Wilson and Josh Allen are the two guys that are really surprising everybody. Russell Wilson had one of his worst years last season as a consistency aspect uh, of his game. Uh, he was in the top five in total points, which is fairly common for him. But his consistency was only fifty six percent last year. But boy, he is setting the world on fire. Him and Josh Allen right now. Um, you know, so we'll just continue to see and watch and see if that can, you know, keeps going moving forward. Kyler Murray, you know, I mean, we expected this from him. Um, you know, he's got DeAndre Hopkins, so that's certainly helping. But they've also been in a lot of shootouts, too. Their defense not as strong, uh, so that certainly helps in that as well. But, Doc, let's look at the injuries. Not Luckily, not a ton yet at the quarterback position, but we did lose Drew Locke last week. Uh, I'm sorry, week two. Uh, to an injury talk about his injury talk about uh, you know where he's where he was at and when will he be back and when this season uh, in his aspect looking forward 
Sure. So Drew Locke went down with what we call an acromioclavicular joint sprain. That's the AC joint, which is a portion of the shoulder. Uh, the usual mechanism of injury when this happens is a direct blow to or a fall onto the shoulder. So in Locke's case, he was sacked and was driven pretty forcefully to the ground on that right shoulder. And what that causes to happen is an overstretching of the ligaments that support the AC joint, or in some cases, a tearing of those ligaments. And typically with this injury, depending on severity, it's a, about a two to six week return to play timetable. And fortunately for Locke, it looks like it's going to be on the shorter end of that. Now, when we're looking at a quarterback like Locke, activities such as trying to reach overhead to throw the ball or reach across his body are activities that are typically painful with this type of injury. And so really working in rehab to get the overhead type motions pain-free again are going to be the biggest emphasis here as he works his way through rehab. Uh, the Broncos mentioned that they're going to reevaluate him two weeks uh, after the injury occurred. So two weeks from when it occurred will be uh, this week here, week four. And so I anticipate that we'll get some new information on Drew Locke. I don't think he'll be quite ready to return to play at that point, but he should be making good progress in rehab, and we should hear some good news from the Broncos. Definitely, definitely. So um, that's good news for them, good news for him. So let's move into one of the bigger uh, positions, the injury-wise, but we'll we'll talk consistency first. Uh, we're at the running back position. Uh, first Top three spots, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, all 100% consistent, one, two, and three in total points. Uh, fifth in total points, Dalvin Cook, also 100% consistent. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, also 100% consistent, 14th in total points, um, mostly because his first week didn't have a strong week, but he still scored uh, about 12 points, so not too bad there. Uh, the other one that is three for three is Jarrett McKinnon uh, in San Francisco, mostly because he's gotten the ball a lot ever since they lost Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman. So let's spend more time, obviously, on injuries because there's a ton of them here. Let's start, obviously, with the big ACL tears, the biggest one, of course, and this hurt me and this hurt thousands, maybe millions of <laughs> fantasy owners everywhere. Uh, Saquon Barkley out for the year. Um we assume there's no coming back. Uh, it's always interesting because I did have my ACL torn playing baseball uh, when I was uh, 53 years old in a 50 and older league because I thought I could be like, uh, you know, one of the superstar ball players and dive around the catcher to score a run. And guess what? When I planted, twisted, pushed off, and tried to jump, Away from the catcher to reach back, my knee popped, and I completely tore my ACL, partially tore my MCL, and damaged my meniscus all in one little beautiful move. So I know when I hear torn ACL what that's all about, what your knee can and can't do, uh, and how long it takes for your 100%. And I'm far from, and I mean far from, a world-class athlete. Talk about Barkley's ACL, I think. Cohen, Tariq Cohen also tore his. I don't remember if there's any other torn ACLs, and I know those two for sure are out for the year. Um, you know what? What is usually the time frame for these guys? I remember Adrian Peterson coming back in an ungodly quick time, and then rushed for like two thousand yards the next year. But those are few and far between, if I'm not mistaken. 
Now, before I answer that question, if I remember correctly, when we spoke back in May, I remember you mentioning your injury. And if I remember correctly, were, were you safe at the plate or were, were you in fact I was safe. Out? Yeah. So it was the game. The score was tied seven seven, and I did I did reach back and touch the plate and was safe because I think the catcher heard my knee pop so loud that it scared him and he dove backwards or something because he didn't try to tag me. Uh, either that or he was just dumb. You just couldn't believe that anybody could be that dumb at fifty three years old. Um, one of the two things, but he didn't tag me and I reached back and touch on plate was safe. Uh, and we did win eight to seven. So there was that. There you go. It makes it all worth it. That's right. It was Uh, all worthwhile. Explain that to my wife. Uh, Saquon Barkley, as, as you hit on here, Bob tore his ACL. Uh, if you go back and look at the video when he, the classic. And so what we typically see with these ACL tears is the, the knee will collapse inward into a position of what we call valgus, and so the knee will kind of buckle in. Then you see a little bit of a, a rotation of, of, of the leg inward as well. And so when you see something like that, the, the immediate fear is a possible ACL and or MCL injury, which is the case here for Barkley. Mm-hmm. Uh, the typical return-to-play timetable for an elite-level athlete like this to be safe is about 9 to 12 months. And so it does take some time. In order to get back to their prior level of function, get their legs back under them, get the strength back under them so they can cut and run as they need to. Now, you mentioned Adrian Peterson, which is what I see far too often people reference on social media saying, (laughs) well, Adrian Peterson did it in four months. How come Saquon Barkley can't? Well, I'm not here to say that Saquon Barkley can't do it. I'm just here to tell you that Adrian Peterson is a very, very, very severe outlier to the norm. So (laughs) although it is possible, exactly, it is possible, uh, but I won't say that it's probable. So nine to 12 months for both Saquon Barkley and Tariq Cohen is the time frame that we're looking at. Um, Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa, defensive players out there for San Francisco, also tore theirs. But unless you're playing in a league that utilizes IDP, um, that's not going to have any impact on on fantasy teams here. Uh, But it's just a tough blow, especially when it's to a star player and puts them on the shelf for a year. And then we got to wait until they're ready to come back. Before we move forward with these other running backs, let's talk about Barkley now as a person. This is his second major injury he's had last year he missed a a number of games as well um you know do we do we put him in that injury prone category is this kid not built for the nfl i mean i you know when you see these kind of major injuries these players it's such an early age you just feel like is this just going to keep continuing i mean or is it just it is it's part of the game and he it could happen, or it could never happen again. He could be perfectly healthy for the next six or seven years. You know, he's he's a guy that I'm not ready to write off just yet, uh, just from the fact that he is so young. He has had a couple significant injuries, which could raise red flags for fantasy football owners and, and teams in the NFL. Um, but in, in the case here of Barkley, obviously he had the ACL which when guys tear their ACL in the NFL, they get surgery, they come back, and they perform at a pretty high level. Now, if he were to come back and re-tear that ACL or tear the other ACL, which actually is a little bit more common uh, after you tear your first one, then I'm going to raise a level of concern. Uh, But a lot of these things for here for Barkley have been freak-type things, and I'm I'm pretty cautious to assign the injury-prone designation unless it's somebody Like Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed, exactly. (laughs) He is definitely injury prone right. and always seems to be hurt can't seem right. to stay healthy 
And so, I mean, that was just another blowout there for San Francisco. But right, a, right. a case of a, a Jordan Reed or somebody who has a lot of what we call soft tissue injuries, uh, and what I mean by that are injuries to the hamstrings, the, right, the quads, right. the calves, the muscles. Mm-hmm. And when you see guys like that, like Will Fuller's another one. Oh, right, yeah. He, right. he can't seem to stay healthy either because every other week he seems to be pulling his hamstring and he can't mm-hmm. stay out there. So for Barkley, I'm not going to tag him as injury prone yet because I want to see how he does when he returns from this injury. If he continues to have problems, then we might have to start having that conversation. Right. Um, okay. No, definitely. All right, let's move on to some guys that we hope will come back here in a few weeks. Let's start with the superstar, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, talk about his injury. Talk about uh, expected return time and, you know, usually how well players come back, especially running backs, and a running back like him who does a lot of cutting. He's, you know, involved in the passing game and the running game. So he's, a you know, an all every down back, um, you know, and what your expectations for uh, CMC is. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain, which is a little bit different than your traditional low ankle sprain. And the difference between the two is the location that the injury occurs. The high ankle sprain occurs to a joint that we call the syndesmosis joint. And the joint is naturally a stable joint that isn't supposed to move. And when players injure this joint, the joint now becomes unstable and moves. And so this now becomes a problem, becomes painful. We look at a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who relies heavily on his speed out of the backfield and his ability to cut and run up the Mm -hmm. field. This injury could be an injury that becomes problematic and turns into a season-long issue. And so the Panthers placed him on injured reserve. The injury occurred in week two, so he'll be eligible to return after after missing the league minimum of three games when placed on IR this season. So that'll be week six. Uh, typically these high ankle sprains are a four to six week recovery timetable. So three weeks of IR will still be on the short end of that normal timetable. And even at that, when he is ready to return, being that he's a running back, I I don't anticipate that he's going to be a hundred percent. So from a fantasy side of things, I'm going to be very skeptical about putting him into my fantasy lineup for the first few weeks that he's back when he does return, because I'm going to want to see how he's able to tolerate those cuts and sprinting mm-hmm. up the up the field. Um, I, I would say that this high ankle sprain type injury, especially for running backs, can be a detriment to them over any other player, right. offensively or defensively in the NFL. Wasn't the, that injury what Barkley had last year? It is, yeah. Okay. He, he he dealt with this injury last year, and it, it and affected he, him. He, he, right, and he came back. Everybody thought he came back too quick. I think he came back in two weeks. Um, they didn't even put him on IR. He actually just sat out for two weeks, came back, and he just wasn't the same. Um, right. And, and I think you know that's what I think my concern would be if I'm a Barkley owner or a Barkley owner, McCaffrey owner is – that's going to happen, you know, that, you know, Hey, I, I mean, if, if I'm a McCaffrey owner, I'd be trading him right now. Tell him, Oh yeah. Barkley came back in two weeks. I'd trade him away right now. Get a decent guy to get you through the next three weeks. And if McCaffrey comes back, so be it. But you know, you may lose two or three of these games. Then he comes back, you put him in. He's still not a hundred percent like Barkley wasn't. I, I, I'd be very worried about putting him in. I'm kind of on, same you just because of what we saw last year with Barkley, who which we got to put pretty much in the same category as an elite all down every down back. So right, I mean the, the the two of them are at the top of the list, and right. I mean 
I agree. If you've got him, I, I'd try and deal him and see what you can get uh, just for name recognition. I've actually uh, tried to go out and get him in a couple leagues uh, mm-hmm. just to not to have to use regularly, uh, but just right. to have but, in my back pocket on the off chance towards the end of the season. I'm in the fantasy playoffs, exactly. and he catches lightning in the bottle, and I've got right. him. Right. Uh, and just try and hope that some of the other guys in my league are a little bit lower on him, just mm-hmm. not knowing what's going on. I've got the benefit of being the only person who works in the field of medicine in all of my leagues, so I've, I've got the I got <laughs> the leg helpful. up on the guys there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if if you if you got them, I, I might try and deal them, and if you don't have them, I might try out try and go out and get them. You know, my other concern is, let's be honest, the Panthers weren't probably going to go to the playoffs anyway. Um, they may have been close, you know, but their defense isn't very good. Um, why would you even risk putting him back on the field? I think I'd let him sit out for the whole season, go two and whatever, get Trevor Lawrence to replace Teddy Bridgewater, and then move forward with them guys. But then again, I'm not a GM, so there we go. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> one, one more quick point on that. I mean, you, right. you look at a guy last year like A.J. Green. Uh, right. And he, I mean, he wasn't right, and the Bengals weren't going anywhere, and they weren't right. going anywhere they quick. Never, and right. So, yeah, and, and I think there was some contractual stuff that was going on with A.J. Green too. But, I right, mean, right. if you're not going anywhere, then save the miles on their legs. Let them sit right. and then gear up for next year. Yeah, you sign them to these big contracts, at least keep for a while. Um, right. You know, you don't want to go out there and then he breaks an ankle and now he's you know done for another year. So, all right, let's talk about uh, Chris Carson and Raheem Mostert, uh, two other guys that, um, you know, have some injuries, um, hope to be back soon. I'm praying every day for Mostert. I, I draft him in like every freaking league I was in. I love this guy heading into the season. He's he's on fire the two first two games and then boom, I'm like, ah. Oh. Damn it! <laughs> so. Yeah, it's 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 an unfortunate blow when you go all in on one guy in multiple in multiple leagues, and then right. they go down with an injury, and then then you're in trouble in a right. lot of your leagues. At least so. he's my RB two, you know. So that's, that's that's a good thing, but still, yes. Uh, so we'll hit on Chris Carson here real quick. This injury occurred this past Sunday uh, against the Cowboys, which was a great game, um, and Tristan Hill for the Cowboys, rolled up on Carson's leg, and mm. there's some speculation that the play was a little bit dirty. Pete Carroll wasn't too thrilled with the way the video looked after, uh, but Carson actually came away with the best-case scenario. He, he's got a grade one sprain of his okay. MCL, which is the best-case scenario. Comes with typically a one- to four-week return-to-play timetable, and the Seahawks, being that it's early in the week, have not yet ruled him out for week four. So mm. if they're able to get pain in check and the stability of the knee feeling a little bit better then I think there's a chance that Carson plays this week and I think absolutely unless anything goes terribly south we'll see him uh, for sure suit up in week five well and the good thing is Seattle was smart in the offseason they went out and got Carlos Hyde as a backup running back you know this week they play Miami so you know, do they really need to risk putting Carson out there against Miami? I don't think so. I mean, Miami's not a terrible team. I mean, certainly beat the crap out of the Jaguars, but they're not. You know, they're not San Francisco. They're not you know team in their division that they're worried about. So you know, my thought would be they'll just put Hyde out there and you know go with the best they got. We'll see, but. And I mean, with the way that Russ has been slinging it, too, I right. mean, I'm, I'm exactly. not too terribly worried, worried that the Seahawks are going to have too much trouble with the Dolphins. No, I wouldn't think so. So, all as right, for Mostert, 
Yeah, yeah as for right. as for Mostert, he's dealing with the same injury, an MCL sprain, uh, and obviously he didn't play last week. He's going to go. Uh, he's going to undergo a reevaluation tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, which uh, the 49ers should get some good news at that point. If this is grade one in nature, again we mentioned a one to four week return to play timetable. So uh, we'll see what the 49ers say. Uh, typically, since they're on the West Coast, their injury reports and information is going to come out later in the day. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for that. He's well, another guy. Right. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, and schedule-wise, it's very beneficial for them to let him wait because they play Philadelphia and Miami at home the next two weeks, um, and they you know beat the crap out of the Giants without him. So my thought would be again, why risk it if you know if your team is uh, you know playing well without your I'll call him your star running back. I mean, certainly McKinnon's look good, but he's definitely the guy they've been hoping to rely on um, and let him take his time and come back, you know, whether he takes one week or, you know, this week off and the next. But, yeah, if you're going to wait, this would be a time to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's not until week six when they play the Rams that they have right. their next, uh, I guess, game, worthy yeah. opponent to have to have Mostert suit back up. But right. and it's early in the season too. If this was later in the season, I and they were in the middle of a playoff push and sure. a meaningful Absolutely. game, then I then I think we'd probably see them suit up. But given, as you mentioned, Bob, the the way the schedule's shaking out right now, I think we might see them go on the conservative side. Um, so if he does, if he doesn't play in week four, I'd say week five at the latest, as long as nothing goes terribly wrong here. But he's coming along nicely. Got it. All right, let's move into the wide receivers and uh, consistency wise. I'm I'm not going to spend a lot of time because there's still a lot of injuries to talk about here too. But top of the charts, three for three at numbers one through five in total points as well. Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf. What's What's familiar with all of those guys, all three of the quarterbacks of those wide receivers were one, two, and three at the quarterback position. So uh, no surprise there. Two of them are from Seattle, as you, as you see. So uh, definitely that. Uh, the other one, Amari Cooper, is also at 100%, three for three. Corey Davis from Tennessee is three for three. That may be the, the biggest surprise so far this year. Uh, Corey Davis is pulling a Devontae Parker on us and is all of a sudden decided that Oh yeah, I was supposed to be good for the last four years. So we'll see if this continues. See if it continues. But right now, Corey Davis right up there, three for three. That I actually printed this today, looked at it, and that didn't catch me catch my eye the first time. So interesting stuff. So let's look at the wide receivers. We got some uh, dandies here too. Uh, well, let's start with Chris Godwin. Uh, and then, you know, we'll go into, we got Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel. So uh, we'll try to get through them quickly because uh, we got about 15 minutes left. All right, I'll, I'll try and make these short and sweet. Uh, Chris Godwin's got a hamstring injury. It happened last week against Denver. He had, he had a good game, five receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, but after he hurt his hamstring, he was unable to return to the game. Uh, he did have an MRI performed yesterday and i haven't seen an official diagnosis in terms of the severity but there there are a couple reports that i saw floating around that the that the team the the bucks do expect them to miss some time Mm. now whether some time means two or three weeks or means six to eight weeks 
we don't know just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would not expect him to play next week, just given that report that came out. So if you've got him, I, I think you're benching him in week four. Right. With these hamstring injuries, if it's on the low end of things, it's a two to four week return to play timetable for a grade one injury. But if we get into the grade two territory, this is now a partial tear of the muscle. Doesn't require surgery, but can have players out upwards of six to eight weeks. So there's, st- there, there's still some uncertainty that's going on here. So keep a close eye on what the Buccaneers are putting out this week to gain a better idea of the severity. And then that will really dictate when he'll be available to be back in your fantasy lineups. Gotcha. All right, Michael Thomas, tell us about him. Another high ankle sprain to a player who needs to be able to move well on his ankle. (laughs) Uh, Fortunately for Thomas, just from what I've seen out initially, uh, it doesn't seem to be too bad. He seems to to have dodged a little bit of a bullet here. This injury happened in week one, and so now that we're in week four, he'll be three weeks removed from the initial injury. He was able to practice a little bit for the Saints at the end of last week and, and was said to have been moving well and getting around okay. So, again, another another guy with this high ankle sprain that I'm not going to be quick to rush him into my fantasy lineup right. the first week that he comes back. I want to see how he's able to cut, how, to, how he's able to change direction, how he's to go up and, and contend for a ball that's up in the air before I'm going to put him in my lineup. So right. it's good news that he's progressing well, uh, but I think we're still a week or two out. All right. What about Devontae Adams? He's another guy that uh, fell victim to the dreaded hamstring injury. This for Adams happened in week two. He had a great week one, and so it was a bummer. He got hurt in in week two there. He didn't play last week for the Packers. Um, He's progressing okay. Um, We'll kind of have to see what the Packers say about his practice status this week. With these hamstring injuries, though, Bob, it's important that you don't bring guys back too soon. We talked Uh talked about Barkley coming back too soon from that high ankle sprain, and then a couple seasons ago, I know Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook Mm. were both dealing with hamstring issues back in 2018, and they both came back too soon. And what happened? It turned right. a two to four week injury into a six to eight week injury, which then became a problem. And right. so exactly. being that we're early in the season, he's a very important player there for Green Bay. I think you see them be cautious, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here over the next couple of weeks. Well, I think, again, as teams, if they can win without them, that certainly makes it much easier. And, you know, the Saints uh, haven't been that great without Michael Thomas. Um you know, uh, definitely Green Bay has done done okay. Um, he's slinging the ball around a lot, um, but you know we'll just have to wait and see. What about Julio Jones? We know Atlanta's throwing the ball perfectly fine. Calvin Ridley and and now Russell Cage and uh, all these guys are catching the ball a lot. Uh, but Julio Jones is struggling. And what do we know about him? Guess what, Bob? It's another hamstring injury. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> these guys that are speed demons and hamstring injuries. Um, it, it is it just because they by pushing too hard too fast i mean i trust me i i when i when i played baseball here for those 15 older leagues um you know i get those all the time you know you you hit a ball on the ground to the shortstop and you think i can beat this out and you push real hard and you try and stretch for that last thing to get to first base and boom you feel that pop and you're rolling on the ground but i'm old and i get it but is it just is it the same thing just as, at a much higher level that they're pushing too hard they push you know cut or or push forward to take off um you know what is that the major cause for, because of because these guys are all speed demons Typically, the cause here is that overstride, like you mentioned. So mm-hmm. in baseball, trying to get that last extra stretch right. of a step to get to first base or for guys in the NFL like these wide receivers, 
that extra last step of an explosion to try and get past the defender mm-hmm. is really where this comes from. Now, they can happen certainly in other cases, but I'd say more times than not, it is that overstride and that overstretch of the leg that then causes that pop in, in, in the backside of the leg or that sudden pull that you have mm-hmm. the guy immediately grab for the back of his leg. Yeah, oh yeah, and you don't that. even have to bat an eye at what happens because their reaction tells it all. Yeah, I know. I felt them. <laughs> they hurt. <laughs> All right, what about A.J. Brown? So he's dealing with a bone bruise in his knee that happened in week one. He sat out week two and week three, and the bone bruise has been described as, quote, pretty significant. And so anytime you hear that around a bone bruise, uh, it's indicative that there's going to be a a decent amount of time missed by the player. So just Mm. as muscles in our skin can bruise, bones can bruise as well, and these bone bruises become pretty darn painful. And How so does that's one? Really, I, because this is not, this is not something a typical like. I played sports, and I never played football, so I, I can't say. But I don't ever remember any of my friends playing football, wrestling, doing any of those very physical sports. Going, I got a bone bruise. How does a bone bone bruise happen? Is it literally just a, a bone on bone hit, or uh, what, what causes a bone bruise? I mean, we all know what causes kind of a regular bruise, but what causes a bone bruise? Because it's a bone, not a muscle. It's really that forceful contact between two bones or a very okay. forceful contact externally to the surface of a bone. So typically okay. when we see this in the knee, okay. it is a result of hyperextension or over-straightening of the knee where the knee is forced excessively backward, mm. and that causes the the lower end of the thigh bone, the femur, to come in very forceful contact with the so upper So it's literally end. their own bone on bone, not another person's knee hitting their knee. Correct. Yeah, it's okay. typically your own bone contacting mm, your own bone with a, okay. with a significant amount of force. And I will say that we see these most commonly in the knee. You don't see them near as frequently throughout the rest right. of the body. Maybe a hip? Sure, maybe, maybe sometimes a, a hip. You do have okay. some some of your hip bones that are a little bit superficial, mm-hmm. but I'd say the knee is where we see it most often. Uh, being that it's pretty significant here for A.J. Brown. Uh, and then he's been out the past couple of weeks. I, I don't think he's close to returning. Yeah. Uh, and when he does, similar to everybody else, I want to see him go out and produce first before sure. I'm going to put him in my lineup with confidence. All right, last wide receiver on the list. I'm probably missing some, but are these the most significant ones? Debo Samuel, he's been out for a while, hasn't even played yet this season. Uh, I think he's due to come back soon. What do we know about Debo and his future? He had an injury over the summer to his right. foot, uh, specifically right. the, the fifth metatarsal, which is the, the long bone in your foot that's in line with with your little pinky toe. Uh, and he, okay. he had fractured that bone. It's what we refer to as a Jones fracture and had to have surgery. And what they do with this surgery is they'll go in, they'll put a pin in to, to realign the bone, and then they work their way through rehab, and then, then they're good to go. Uh, initially, they said his return to play timetable is going to be about t- 10 to 12 weeks, which would put us right about now. From right. when he had the surgery, uh, but he's not quite there yet. He's getting close, though. Uh, he's expected to practice this upcoming week, and would potentially potentially consider bringing him back in week four. But since this will be the first real practice that he's gotten back to, the 49ers have mentioned that they're going to play things very conservatively, let him practice this week and next, and have circled week five as the week that they're targeting to bring him back. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so we're going to move real quick. Uh, There is only one 
perfectly consistent tight end through week three. That's Janu Smith. He is also in first place in fantasy points at tight end. Uh, the tight ends, um, Travis Kelsey is not number one. He is fifth. Noah Fant, Mike Gusecki, and Tyler Higby are all ahead of him. Uh, of course, uh, you know, he's uh, doing just fine. But uh, um, actually, he's perfectly consistent, too. My bad. I, uh, But uh, definitely, definitely looking good, though, um, if you picked any of those guys. And we definitely had some of those guys as some of our consistent favorites. But we've got two very injured tight ends. And one of them has been out for a week or so now, George Kittle from San Francisco. The other one has just happened this week with Dallas Goddard. What can you tell us about those two guys? we got five minutes, so... Take your time, but, you know, just want to know you have five minutes. <laughs> yeah, no problem. George Kittle, MCL sprain, uh, which we've seen in a couple of the guys that we've hit on here already. And he's going to be re-evaluated, excuse me, MCL sprain and bone bruise. Uh, and he will be reevaluated for the 49ers tomorrow. He's coming along okay. Um, but, again, with these bone bruises, and now we add the MCL sprain on top of it, it, it can really uh, complicate things a little bit and slow down the process. So between – uh, George Kittle and Jordan Reed, the 49ers, are both figuratively mm. and literally hurting at tight end. <laughs> That's for sure. All right, at- uh, Dallas Goddard uh, just you know had been starting off pretty hot here at the beginning of the year, but now he has an injury. Why don't you tell us about Dallas? Yeah, so he's got um, an ankle fracture, which on the surface seems very intimidating and very scary, uh, but it, it's been deemed to be a small fracture. Now, this mm. can mean one of, one of a couple of things. It can be a hairline fracture to the ankle, which doesn't require surgery, and usually you just let that thing heal, and then they're good to go. The other possibility here for Goddard when we are dealing with ankle injuries, even what looks like a typical ankle sprain when you roll your ankle, is what we call an avulsion fracture. And what the avulsion fracture is is where the ligament connects to the bone, a portion of that bone breaks off and is just kind of hanging out and floating around. And so the Eagles haven't indicated which type of fracture it is other than the fact that it's small. Uh, They did place him on injured reserve, and he will be eligible to return at week seven at the earliest. So an ankle fracture here for Goddard, but it doesn't seem to be too serious. Well, we have about four minutes. So any other uh, players that we didn't talk about that uh, that you maybe – thought of or in the meantime of hey you know we probably should bring this guy up or anybody else that uh, you've heard any news from maybe this afternoon since we talked about you coming on any more yeah. updates uh just to, i'll just hit just give you a couple quick hits here uh deshaun jackson had a hamstring injury last week so that's one to monitor uh another one that i've got circled Uh, that can really be problematic for wide receivers and running backs is is a calf injury. And John Mm -hmm. Brown uh, has a calf injury. And the reason that this injury becomes so problematic is the calf is very important for a generation of force when you go to push off while running, cutting, and Mm -hmm. jumping. And I I think with with the calves in particular, we see a pretty high recurrence rate of these injuries because guys will get back, they'll be feeling pretty good, but then – they re-injure the thing, and it sets them back even further. So that's one that I've got circled. If you've got John Brown on your team, I'm paying a very, very, very close attention to this okay. and the medical reports that the team puts out because this can become a pretty significant long-term issue. Um, the other one that I've got on my radar is Jordan Reed that I mentioned earlier right. for the 48 ers He is also dealing with a knee sprain. 
but the team said six to eight weeks uh, for his return to play. And so what that tells us, Bob, is that there's a good chance that this injury is a grade two sprain, which involves the partial tearing of the ligaments. Mm. Uh, if, he had, if he had a partial tear of his ACL, he'd be having surgery. If he had a partial tear of his PCL, the posterior cruciate ligament, or the MCL, that medial collateral ligament, uh, six to eight weeks is very realistic, and you don't need surgery to address them. So although the team hasn't mentioned MCL or PCL, that's what it's looking like here, and he is going to miss some significant time. And so if Kittle who was also hurt, isn't back in the next week or two. Uh, the, the 49ers are really going to have to go deep on the depth chart at tight end. That's for sure. I was trying to find, so I found a, a site, obviously, uh, to look up any other injuries. I, I swear, didn't somebody tear their Achilles? Yeah, it was Marlon Mack. for Marlon uh, for Mack, Colts. that's right. Okay, because that's another one that I've done. I did that when I was 40 years old playing basketball. Um, and I know what that's like to come back from. That that took me, I think it took me a full year before I could literally go play softball. Now this is back in my 40s, so I was playing softball then, not baseball. But, yeah, that's that's another tough one that takes like, a long time to, to get back to normal. And it's not a it's not a muscle, so you can't work it and, and, and get it, you know, stronger to get back like you can other things. So uh, that one's a little bit tougher to, to pull off. But, uh, yeah, yeah I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Are, are, are we good on time? As I, I got, got a about a quick... minute and a half. Go ahead. All right, I'll, I'll make it quick. Uh, so these Achilles tendon ruptures can actually be not only season-altering but career-altering for some right. guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason being is of players who rupture their Achilles tendon, only about 60% of them actually return to play. Wow. And then we take that 60%, and of that 60%, uh, the guys that are, are are able to return to their prior level of production and performance don't do so until two years after the injury. Wow, yeah, and so yeah, right. getting back on the field in 9 to 12 months is going to be the first obstacle for Mac. And then when and if he does, I wouldn't look for it to be until 2022 and back until he's back to his previous level of production. And by then, he'll be playing for another team because Jonathan Taylor is there. <laughs> right. <laughs> and knee, so, knee yeah, high mind. So uh, yeah, it's, it's great. really tough. Well, Dr. Brandon Bowers, thank you so much for being a guest uh, again. Uh, we'll definitely have you on um, sometime this year, uh, maybe every few weeks, because uh, you know what? This is a big thing this year, and it's, uh, we appreciate coming on. Find him on FantasyDoctors.com and at Dr. Brandon Bowers as well. So thanks again for having us. We'll talk to you next week. Everybody have a great week. Take care.